This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Friday, December 15th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, Mountain Village approves 2024 budget. Eyes to ears with Bella Eatman. Nordic skiing is happening. And a mountain weather forecast. Mountain Village Town Council approved its budget this week to the tune of more than $50 million. Mountain Village Town Manager Paul Weiser and Finance Director Lisbeth Lemley sat down with KOTO News to talk through some of the highlights. The conversation starts with how Mountain Village works through the budget process. This year, we started with the town's strategic goals and sat down as a group of directors and created our own goals going into next year so that we can achieve council's goals and started developing our budgets at that point. Um, There's a lot of back and forth between the directors and the finance department, and we have a very active and great budget and finance committee that also has a lot of input. We basically present the budget to council Four times we spend an entire day in October going through each department's goals and budgets. And so it's really a great interactive process between the council and staff. When you think of items of note, what's coming up next year for Mountain Village? For next year, there are a lot of big things that I think people are aware that we're doing. VCA being probably the biggest one, the expansion of VCA. Uh, we are pursuing the continuing development of Meadowlark uh, down in the meadows, and we're working towards uh, development opportunities in Ilium. And so I think those are kind of the big ticket items that everybody thinks about. But there's a lot more that we're doing that is probably uh, not on everybody's radar that is still going to be uh, relevant to the community. Um, if you think about Our wonderful trail system in Mountain Village, we have a trails master plan that has uh, been adopted by council and we're going to be spending money next year to continue to implement that plan uh, to enhance the visitor and resident experience, uh, especially during the summer. Um, When you think about our parking, we've obviously gone to paid parking. Um, The reality is we also have allocated money to think about uh, how that the future of the Gundala parking garage will look. We know that we need more capacity there. And so we have allocated some money to think about how to actually go about doing that. Um, I think that many of our residents would agree that our meetings could go better in terms of Uh, the viewing experience and the audio-visual experience. And so we'll be updating council chambers to make sure that some of the glitches that uh, we and everyone else have experienced over the last few years uh, as we've gone to more of a a virtual environment in terms of those meetings will go a little bit better. So those are just a few things. A big piece of the budget for folks is obviously how it will impact their pocketbooks. What can residents expect? So we did a water and sewer rate study, which is probably the first thing people will see come out of their pocketbook. And this year, um, it was recommended that we go with an inflationary increase. So uh, customers will see a 4.8% increase in their monthly water and sewer bills. And also with, um, we're all aware in this area that we have some really large wastewater treatment plant expenditures coming in the future. So in order to plan for those, we are instituting a recommended surcharge on the sewer bills. And that that starts out this year at uh, about 
$10 a month for most customers and $120 a year going to that fund. When when these plans have been defined and we've worked out financing and, and things like that, we have the ability to adjust the surcharge. But those are the things that people will see right away. Um, we did also have um, an inflationary increase in our rents at VCA, about a 3% increase. Um, and we have communicated that to our residents as well. And we'll continue to look at that in the future. Our, our goal with VCA is to get that complex um, running in such a way that it's able to cover some of the larger um, capital items that are coming down as those buildings age. Um, but understanding there there's a balance between providing affordable housing and meeting those goals. You've touched on the highlights. What is something that isn't the hot button or like sexy topic, but you think folks should be aware of? It's probably something that is on everyone's mind. But I think that we have budgeted to continue planning for the gondola and when I think about how unique this region is and how we function as a community, in my mind, the gondola is probably the most important thing that we as a region are dealing with. And that planning, those planning dollars are really critical to making sure that we are successful in terms of replacing that system because that system is truly what makes this place, and I don't mean Mountain Village, but I mean the East End, truly run. And there's been any number of meetings I've lost count a long time ago. Uh, but we spend an inordinate amount of time discussing and planning for how we are going to plan for a new gondola. And we are dedicating not a ton of money, but um, you know, if you look on our line item, you wouldn't even notice probably that uh, we're spending dollars in that effort. But I think those are some of the most important dollars that we're spending. I think one other thing that I... Um I think is always in the everybody back of everybody's mind, but not necessarily on the forefront is, you know, the risk of fire in our area. And the town of Mountain Village has um, put aside over a half million dollars for forest health and fire mitigation efforts in the coming year. Um, and I think that that's really important. And I think that our community um, should really pay attention to the mitigation efforts of the region as a whole. Is there anything else you'd like to share with listeners when it comes to the budget? I think that um, you know, if you look at our budget, you'll see that there is a deep commitment to ensuring that uh, across the board, the resident experience is uh, just as important as the visitor experience and that we're spending a lot of money uh, to make sure that our residents and our uh, property owners, uh, when they're in Mountain Village, are enjoying the world-class experience that our visitors do. And our budget and our council and our staff are uh, committed to that. Paul, Lisbeth, thanks for taking a couple minutes to chat with me today. Thanks, Julia. Thank you. Eyes to Ears has been airing on Kodo for over a year. And this week, Telluride High School's Bella Eatman revisits an artist from one of those very first episodes. Have a listen. Good evening, and welcome back to another installment to the Eyes to Ears series, wherein your host, Bella Eatman, finds art pieces from local galleries to describe on the air. And to think that we have been doing this for a year. Sure, the actual anniversary of the first episode has most likely been long past by now, However, a year back, 
I had described a painting by Marcus Pearson, and I planned to do it again just around that very day. Please welcome the painting and the poetry of Forgot to Forget by Marcus Pearson. At the top of some rolling golden hills of sand stands a red circus tent, which reflects itself against the waters of the small lake below, surrounded by palm trees and desert brush. An anchor attached to a floating train to the left buries itself in the sand. Above this landscape and behind the centerpiece of this painting is a parchment yellow night sky dotted with a multitude of stars varying in size. This sky is spectated by an obsidian black moon with the title of the painting written on its teeth. And past that and before us is the two coyote lovers from before, now with cowboy attire as they sail in the sky on a magic carpet. The lady holds a comically large white flower in her hand as her long ginger braid flies in the wind. Her outfit was just as warm-colored as last time, with yellow and red-striped corduroys before her mahogany-brown tunic, as is with the gentleman, laying against the carpet as if he were in a field far away from everything, in his green jacket and blue and green-striped pants. All of this is narrated by a thoughtful poem. With apologies to those who know better. We forgot to forget that our favorite songs should inspire our path through life, so they still do. We forgot to forget that daredevil adventures were worth the risks, so we still seek them out. We forgot to forget that cheerful optimism was preferable to apathetic cynicism, so we still maintain that outlook. And lastly, we forgot to forget to view each other as a magic carpet ride through life. So on we go, oblivious to our youthful foolishness. In my perspective, I believe that this poem means that if you forgot to forget, so to speak, it means that you were supposed to mature at some point which meant forgetting about seeking out the thrills of life without fearing for the supposed consequences. If one were to forget that, to quote, cheerful optimism was preferable to apathetic cynicism, then they would mature in the sense of caring less for the world around them, because that was what we were supposed to do. But I don't want to grow up like that. I've said to myself many times that I don't want to live in a passionless world. I want people to show their love for anything without hiding behind a monotone mask. All because it would be weird to be happy or excited about anything. Once more, I could go on about this. But that is the end of a long episode of Eyes to Ears. My name is Bella Eatman. I will see you after winter break, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Happy holidays.
We all know the ski mountain's open, but KOTO's Gavin McGough looked into a more lateral type of skiing and has this report. Nayani Sheva has some exciting news to share. Nordic skiing is happening. The Trout Lake trails, which are groomed and managed by the Telluride Nordic Association, are totally skiable. And the Town Park trails, which are groomed and managed by the Town Park, are also skiable and groomed regularly. Sheva is the director of the Telluride Nordic Association, which also oversees trails at Priest Lake and on the valley floor. Those two trail systems will open after some more snow comes our way. This year, to update cross-country skiers on trail conditions and grooming reports, the Nordic Association, with the support of Jagged Edge, has started using a software called Nordic Pulse, which is developed by Nordic skiers in British Columbia specifically for Nordic skiing grooming reports and trail mapping. So on the Telluride Nordic Association website under grooming, you'll see new regional maps that indicate when grooming has happened. Nordic Pulse is also an app for those who'd like reports and maps delivered right to their phone. For folks just dipping their toes into the cross-country world... Sheva says getting out on the trails begins with a choice, classic or skate. Classic skiing is that nice like um, bilateral movement, front and back, and skate skiing has a different uh, equipment, different skis, different boots, and you're more in this V position. It's a little more elongated and a, it's just a different cadence. Ultimately, um, both are really fun and accessible. The Nordic Association offers classes, we won't say crash courses, in both types of skiing. Those begin in January. Offered in Town Park and running only an hour, they're an awesome way to get started. And registrations will go live soon on the Nordic website. Also in Town Park is the Nordic Association's Nordic Center. Here's Sheva. What's so awesome about the Nordic Center is they have really affordable rentals for skis, but not just skis, also ice skates. So in this kind of low tide early season, when folks are coming into town or if you have friends and family or you just want to try something new, go grab a pair of skates. The association is excited about another piece of equipment this season, says Sheva, a new groomer. We sold our old snowcat that was at Trout Lake, and we purchased a brand new Piston Bully 100 machine, which is the most state-of-the-art grooming equipment for this kind of skiing. And uh, those, you know, those pieces of machinery are very expensive, but they are what allow us to provide the experience of exceptional grooming. Funds from memberships this year will go towards paying off the remaining cost of that investment. And while the Nordic Association is proud to provide trail access to all users free of charge, it does depend on voluntary memberships and donations to keep the area's Nordic scene thriving. It also hosts a fundraiser come February. We always look forward to our annual race, which is the Butch Cassidy race happening February 10th at Priest Lake. And that's just such a fun community-centric event. There are categories for all ages and all distances. So something that I love about Nordic skiing its region is that I think it's, you know, we live here for a reason. It's beautiful. We love to be outside. And I think that Nordic skiing provides, you know, just another way to get out. And I really hope to foster the feeling of community in our area. Whether you're a beginner or you've been waiting months to get out on the trails, you can find more information about all of the Nordic Association's offerings on TellurideNordic.com.
The town of Mountain Village has launched its new online system for permitted parking. Last month, Mountain Village implemented a new fee and permit structure for parking in town. In addition to hourly parking, residents, commuters, and locals are able to apply for a permit through an online system. Parking fees will begin on Friday, December 22nd. Resident passes cost $100 and will be valid through 2024. The permit allows for parking in the Gondola Parking Garage, Meadows Lot, and the North Village Center Lot. Two hours of free parking at the South Village Center Lot and free parking along the Rock Wall in Market Plaza after 3 p.m. Valid registration and proof of a 12-month residence in Mountain Village is required. The commuter employee pass also costs $100 and will be valid through April 7, 2024. The pass will be transferable between cars to encourage carpooling and allows for parking in the gondola parking garage and the Meadows lot. Proof of registration and proof of employment with a physical presence in Mountain Village is required. Finally, the local pass will cost $200 and is valid through April 7, 2024. The pass allows for parking in the Gondola Parking Garage and the Meadows Lot. Valid registration and proof of residency in the Telluride R1 School District or San Miguel County is required. Parking in Mountain Village will remain free during the summer months. Mountain Village residents, employees, and regional locals can apply for parking permits online at bit.ly slash TMV permit parking. The holiday season is about coziness, warmth, and spending time with your favorite people. And the Talking Gourds Poetry Program is leaning in. Next week, join local poets Art Good Times, Joanna Yonder, and friends for a warm and merry circle celebrating poetry and poets across San Miguel County. Several featured poets will share their work, and everyone is invited to share a poem of their choosing. Or just listen. The Holiday Talking Gourds Poetry Circle will take place on Tuesday, December 19th from 5 to 6.30 p.m. at the Telluride Arts HQ. The federal government is expanding its support for a planned passage rail between Pueblo and Fort Collins. A proposed route was accepted this week into the Federal Railroad Administration's National Railway Network plan. It's getting half a million dollars in federal funding. Andy Carcian is head of the Front Range Passenger Rail District, which is overseeing the project. He says the route will boost local economies, including in northern Colorado. Up north, you know, with the Fort Collins and Loveland and Boulder Corridor, really connecting those business opportunities and making those uh, connections available. There are nine stops planned along the route. The first trains are expected to run in about a decade. Policymakers who decide the future of the Colorado River are meeting in Las Vegas this week. KUNC's Alex Hager reports they're updating the public on the process of negotiations over the river's future. A new set of guidelines will need to bring down demand as a response to shrinking supply. There are still big disagreements between some of the seven states that use the river's water, but policymakers say they're working on closing the gap. John Ensminger is Nevada's top water negotiator. There's tensions, but at the same time, I do believe there's been an acknowledgement that every state is going to have to be part of the solution. So I view that as progress. I view the meetings that happened here this week uh, as, as progress. 
tribes and conservation groups are also at the conference. They're trying to make sure the next set of river sharing rules includes protections for indigenous people and the environment. I'm Alex Hager. A Navajo charter school in New Mexico is decolonizing its curriculum by emphasizing Diné teachings, beliefs, and spaces. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Chris Clements of KSJD brings us this story from one of the school's founders, Kayla Begay. Uh, Yata, hello, my name is Kayla Don Begay. I am one of the co-founders and the current head administrator at the Zitik Louis School of Empowerment, Action, and Perseverance, otherwise known as DEEP. My clans are And I'm from this area. Uh, you know, traditionally we call it Red Lake because of the lake over here. It's, it's red. And if you just see around the Hogantu, the original dirt came from this area. So it's a red color. Um, but also we to the east over here, we have Fuzzy Mountain. And in our language, we say Zitikloi, which means hairy mountain. So if you look at it, it does look a little fuzzy. And that's what the school was named after. We hear from a lot of people about how, uh, for a lot of different reasons, whether it's the boarding school era, whether it's um, just even the way that Western education is set up, our culture isn't always the core. So for us, you know, it's really important that our students have the opportunity to learn who they are, because that's how they're gonna survive. So dinner culture is a really important piece. We always say that our best and most important teacher is the land. That's who we're gonna learn with. That's who we're gonna learn from, and that's how our people have learned historically as well. So, you know, our, a lot of our learning takes place outside. Our students spend a lot of time outside. Um, they grow their own foods from the beginning of the seeds all the way to cooking a meal. Um, and it's really important, especially in you know this time of climate change, that we understand um, one, just how to have a relationship with the land, but two, you know, how do we take care of each other and how do we take care of the land and how does it take care of us? So those are the big components of deep, and it's not an easy thing to to run a school you know there's expectations to meet the western frameworks of, of what learning is supposed to be and then of course there's our ancestral knowledge and ancestral wisdom so we're really trying to balance that The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly clear skies tonight with a low around 20 degrees. Saturday should be mostly sunny during the day and mostly cloudy, becoming clear at night. The high is in the mid-40s with a low in the mid-20s. Sunday expect sunny skies with a high around 45 degrees. Sunday night should be partly cloudy with a low around 25. This has been the news for Friday, December 15th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, Call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, a personal commentary. Hello, lovely Koto listeners. Claire here from Telluride Chamber Music to tell you about a super fun and family-friendly festive show we have coming up on December 29th at The Palm in collaboration with Palm Arts. This is something totally different and never seen before in Telluride. We have the amazing all-girl electric string trio Take Three coming to town for a night of holiday fun. Yes, you heard right. They'll be performing on electric violin, electric cello and piano, complete with a lighting show. The music will feature holiday tunes, classical favourites, movie themes and pop mashups that will be guaranteed to get every generation singing along. 
To get tickets to this festive treat for the ears, go to telluridechambermusic.org or telluridepalm.com. Advanced tickets are $35 for adults and $15 for students. Tickets on the door are $5 more. Thanks, everyone, and happy holidays. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.